Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 37 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, I'm taking a look at my winter oxalic acid treatments. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Welcome once again to my weekly podcast, and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers, and in return, you gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help you out with suggestions and recommendations for you. As usual, I'll leave any relevant links for this week's podcast in the show notes. Some of you will know I'm now the UK sole distributor for the ProVap 220 Oxalic Acid Sublimator. You can find more details about this on my website. I don't want to turn this podcast into a self-promoting advert for the unit, but it is for sale on my website, so if you're interested, do take a look. What I really want to talk about today is why I treat my bees during the winter period with oxalic acid, and then take a look at the two methods of treating that I have used. You'll all be aware that oxalic acid is not a new treatment by any means, It's been in use for several decades to kill the phoretic mites within a beehive. So those phoretic mites are the ones that are more easily spotted when you inspect. They're usually attached to the backs of the adult bees within the cluster and not those that are normally hidden in the brood cells. The more experienced beekeepers of you will know that the annual cycle of the colony can provide for a near broodless state, if not completely broodless, during the dark months of winter. And so the effectiveness of treating with oxalic acid is greatly increased when using a single dose during that time. For me, traditionally I tend to treat between Christmas and the New Year, this being fairly close to the winter solstice and the shortest day, and hopefully a period of minimal brood. I must say that I've never actually opened up a colony to inspect during the winter to see whether or not it's in a broodless state or not, so... I've no idea whether the colony is actually broodless, but for me, it's a best-guess scenario, and hopefully I'm catching a lot of those varroa mites when they're phoretic and on the back of the adult worker bees. Here I must pause to talk about the dangers of using oxalic acid. We are talking about potentially a very dangerous chemical, and you must take all the appropriate safety precautions regardless of the method that you choose to use oxalic acid. But however you choose to use oxalic acid, make sure that you do follow any instructions precisely and please don't take any shortcuts or risks. It's just not worth it. So having issued that very serious warning, let's look at how we can best use oxalic acid to treat our bees. Oxalic acid is an organic acid and it's found naturally in many plants that will be familiar to all of you. In fact, the name derives from the family of plants it was originally derived from and that's the oxalis family which includes wood sorrel but it's also found in plants as varied as carrot garlic parsley 
and rhubarb. And I've heard people even trying to treat the bees by placing rhubarb leaves on top of the brood box to get the bees to chew the plants away and release the oxalic acid into the hive. I'm not sure how effective this is, having never tried it myself, but who knows, maybe it works. You just have to grow lots of rhubarb, I guess. If you search the internet, there are some really useful sites with lots of information in them regarding oxalic acid, notably the Scientific Beekeeping website and also the Apiarist blog and website. And I'll leave links to both of those sites in the show notes. I really enjoy reading the information that's on both of those sites And these guys have a wealth of additional information and it's well worth looking into. Anyway, most of us will have access to oxalic acid in its powdered form. And be warned, it has no smell, so you won't know if you get it on your hands or your clothes. So just be super careful with it. You don't want to get it on your fingers and then rub your eyes or put your fingers near your mouth. The oxalic acid in its chemical form that we use is called oxalic acid dihydrate. And that's the one you need to be using for treating your bees. Technically, this form has water molecules incorporated within the crystal structure. I don't think we need to get too complicated with it, but just knowing which form you need to buy is really important. It's available as an authorised treatment here in the UK as apibioxal, but if you're going to use a sublimator, you'll find that this treatment has other ingredients in it, such as glucose, and that's going to make a horrible sticky mess in your sublimator. It's fine for the trickle method, but as I learned recently, the sublimation method is the best method of treatment, giving greater varroa mortality, and, importantly, it doesn't harm the colony. This was one of the main reasons for me switching to the use of the sublimator, and all the information is described in detail in a scientific paper from the Laboratory of Apiculture and Social Insects, Again, I'll leave the details in the show notes. You can buy oxalic acid from most of the beekeeping supply online retailers out there, and the dihydrate form is very inexpensive. Some woodworking sites also sell it as a wood bleach, so you can see how dangerous it can be. Before I go into the way that I have been treating bees and the method that I'm going to be switching to, I should explain why I treat my colonies in the winter. You'll know from my earlier podcast that I've been treating my bees this year with Apistan, a pyrethroid treatment that's been shown to be very effective against the Varroa mites. But I don't think any of these treatments are 100% effective, and there's always going to be some mites that, for whatever reason, manage to escape the treatment and survive. You'll be familiar with the notion that, from now until next spring, our colonies and brood nests are going to shrink back as the bees dwindle, the weather gets colder, the days get shorter, and then it'll gradually expand again in the spring. And this potentially gives us a broodless period somewhere in the middle of the winter. And that's a great time to be treating with oxalic acid. If any varroa mites remain in the colony, they're going to be competing for any brood cells that appear as the colony grows. And as such, if you have a dozen or more varroa mites running around in late winter, they're going to multiply very rapidly as more and more brood cells become available and as the colony grows into the new season. If we can remove a high proportion of these mites over the winter, we may only be left with single numbers of mites as we enter the new season, and these are much more manageable than having tens or even hundreds or thousands of mites to have to contend with right at the point we're hoping to put early supers back onto our hives. 
the oxalic acid treatment has been shown to be over 93% effective in all methods of treatment, but the highest of all was the sublimation method. The adverse effects of treating with oxalic acid were also lowest when using the sublimation method, and these two findings were a big factor in why I've chosen to switch to sublimation. So for me, that's the why to treat and also which method to use questions answered. I really want to give my bees the very best chance of being strong and healthy going into the new season. In previous years, I've used the trickle method. It's fairly quick and easy to use and only requires you to lift the crime board, trickle the correct amount of syrup over the seams of bees in the cluster and replace the crime board and roof. What I did find was that in the early days, I would have a syringe with the maximum dose per hive. When trying to trickle 5 mils of solution per seam of bees, some would get 5 mils, some might get 8 mils, maybe even 10 or 15, depending on the smoothness of the syringe plunger and the pressure that I exerted on it. But ultimately, the colony would usually get the full 50 mil dose, regardless of the number of seams of bees they had. I'm not sure it did the colonies any major harm, as most would still be there in the spring, but the dosing instructions always seem very precise and don't take into account the ability of the beekeeper to either have a steady hand or an iron will in administering the correct dose. I do know of some beekeepers that have a handful of 5mm syringes exactly because of this issue. One syringe per seam of bees and they get an exact dose, but for me it was just too much hassle. I did move up to one of those sheep medicinal injector syringe systems where it reloads after each squirt but that was a little hit and miss as well and sometimes the syrup would flow out steadily but other times it would come out in such a hard jet that it would knock the poor bees off the cluster. Having decided to take a look at the effectiveness of the different methods of treating it does appear that sublimation is the best route and so that's where my ProVap 220 comes in. This year I'm going to get wrapped up in personal protective equipment and treat the colonies with this sublimator. It all seems straightforward enough and the important thing for me is that the correct dose of oxalic acid will be administered to each and every hive. Again, the Laboratory of Apiculture and Social Insects paper shows dosing levels and although I need some scales that measure down to smaller weights, once I get an eye for how much powder is in the dosing spoon, I'm sure it'll be very straightforward. The method seems easy enough. First the entrance to the hive is blocked and the varroa floor inserted if the colony is on an open mesh floor. Then having donned the protective kit, the appropriate amount of oxalic acid powder is placed in the dosing cup and attached to the sublimator. One suggestion that was made to me was to drill a hole in the rear of the floor big enough to take the nozzle and when not in use plug it with a wooden golf tee. So I popped onto Amazon and ordered a few wooden golf tees. I didn't spot that the drop-down menu was preset on a thousand golf tees. So if you want to order a sublimator and use the golf tee method, let me know and I'll include a free bag of golf tees. I have enough for a lifetime, I think. Anyway, the sublimator is held upside down until the nozzle is inserted into the hole. And then, when it's turned the right way round, the powder drops onto the hot plate and is sublimated or vaporised and ejected through the nozzle into the hive. This then goes around the cluster where I guess the bees will probably fan their wings and this will serve to waft the oxalic acid around and through the cluster of bees. It should only take around 20 to 30 seconds to complete and then I can replace the golf tee and move on to the next hive. I don't have to remove the roof 
or the crime board, and the bees can be left blocked in the hive until I've finished the entire apiary, when I can go back to the first treated hive, opening up the entrances, which I'll probably block with a small piece of foam. As an aside, I won't need mouse guards this year, as I've reduced the height and width of the entrance so mice can't get in. Treating your bees over winter is again one of those questions that only you, the beekeeper, can decide if you're going to do it or not, but I think it gives my bees the very best chance of being as near to varroa-free as they possibly can be going into the new season. So that's why and how I'm going to treat my bees with oxalic acid this winter. If you do have any questions, do drop me a message on my website or on my Patreon page, and I hope you have a varroa-free winter. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast and keep the comments coming. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Mm -hmm.